0: Probably the most important work that we do is helping people with the emotional aspect of sorting. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein.
1: Hi, this is Kathy, founder of Rock Your Retirement. I started this show because many baby boomers think that retirement is all about money, and it's not. Think about it. It can be very difficult to go from spending 2,000 or more hours a year doing something to zero. Sure, for the first six months, it's fun, but then you might hit a wall. Many divorces happen after retirement because the couple just isn't used to spending so much time together depression can also set in and we want to help prevent that so that's why we started this show our guest for today is jamie shapiro and she's the owner of silver linings transitions she's a single mother of three an 11 year thyroid cancer survivor a community volunteer and a realtor Believing that everything happens for a reason, Jamie discovered the National Association of Senior Move Managers in 2014 when they were holding the national conference in San Diego. She attended the conference, met other senior move managers, and she knew she'd found the work that she was meant to do. Silver Linings Transitions is a bright spot for people facing difficult transitions and having to make a move. The company specializes in seniors who are downsizing or moving into senior communities as well as couples going through divorce. As someone who's faced cancer and divorce, Jamie understands personally how important it is to find the silver lining when life doesn't go the way we'd hoped. When working with clients through their transition, the Silver Linings Transition team focuses on what's positive during a difficult time and helps the client navigate through the move as gently as possible. Jamie, I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here.
1: Well, I'm so glad that you agreed to be on my show, and I have to tell you, for my listeners, you are going to have to head over to the show notes so you can see Jamie's cute uniform that she wears. It's orange, one of my favorite colors, and she is just as cute as a button.
0: Thank you. Actually, Kathy, it's mango. Oh, it's mango. <laughs> because, yeah, because we are not, we are not Home Depot, um, <laughs> but I wanted to pick a fun and bright color to wear when we are working with our clients. It's memorable when we're, you know, working with clients who have dementia. And again, we're trying to find what what's positive and what's bright. And so I, I picked mango.
1: Well, it is super, super cute. Let me tell you. And you uh, actually look really cute in it, too. So tell me, In a little bit of the intro, it talked a little bit about what made you decide to start doing what you do. But can you expand on that?
0: Oh, yes. Okay. Well, do you want the long version or or the short version? (laughs) Well, we have about a half an hour, so you decide. (laughs) Okay. I'll give you the longer version then. So I was a realtor working in Florida and really wasn't very satisfied with my work. And I would say, well, I, I, I'm going on about a 12 years ago, I was actually negotiating a deal for a senior client who was moving into an assisted living community and I I was actually representing both the buyer and the seller at the time, and I'm I'm not even kidding when I tell you. I was on the phone negotiating, and I got the call from my doctor uh, confirming my diagnosis of thyroid cancer, and I feel like it was sort of the the wake-up call that I needed to know that I was not on the path that I was meant to be on, and um, I just find the irony in the fact that I was helping the senior client when she was you know, getting out of her home. And, you know, what I remember is at that time I didn't have, you know, silver linings transitions. I was just a realtor. So I didn't really help with the move at all. But I remember her son being overwhelmed with all of the parts that needed to happen. And I think, you know, if I had been silver linings transitions back then, we could have handled all of that. And he could have, you know, really focused on his mom and, and, and what this move represented for her, rather than the logistics of getting everything packed and taking this beautiful chandelier down. And, you know, so it's, it's ironic. And, and um, I I call it a God wink, actually, that um, something sort of just happened the way they're supposed to happen. Isn't
1: it amazing how that happens sometimes?
0: It is. And then uh, you, you sort of mentioned it also, but I was actually, Actually working at a cancer foundation here in San Diego, and about that time I, I sort of realized that I needed to be making a little bit more money, and um, I was trying to figure out, you know, what it was I wanted to, I say, be when I grew up, even though I was in my forties. And I found out about the National Association of Senior Move Managers. I had never heard of this organization, and they were going to be having their national conference a couple months later. So we actually discovered it in 2013 and then went to the conference in 2014. And uh, I knew, I knew when I went to the conference that this was the work I was meant to be doing. And one of the things they said was that realtors really make a good transition into that career because you're already working with people when they're facing a stressful time because moving, and I always tell people you can be 30 and buying your dream home and moving is still one of the top five life stressors. So, um, it just was, it was absolutely the, the, the career I was meant to have, the people that I was with were, were my people. I just, I just knew that it was the right thing for me to do.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. So mm-hmm. how long did it take you to transition to silver linings transitions? <laughs>
0: It took me a lot longer than I thought it would, to be honest with you. I spent a year really learning the business, um, taking the classes I needed to take, understanding seniors and their needs, and you know, understanding a little bit about some of the other, the physical challenges, the mental challenges, getting my license through Silver Linings Transitions, getting the insurance. So I did that, and then I also got my California real estate license because Oftentimes we do have a client who might be needing to sell their home and we'll bundle those services and, and understanding the logistics of the move and where they're going and when they need to close, it just makes it easier For for all involved. So it took me more than a year to just get the business off the ground from the time I started working on it. And then we officially opened our doors in January of 2015. So now we're, you know, we're in our second year of our doors being open.
1: Wow, congratulations. Okay, now, it's just us two girls. Okay, just pretend like there's no one listening.
0: No one's listening. And Okay, go ahead. What are you going to ask?
1: <laughs> tell me the secret of getting 3,000 square feet worth of stuff into a 1,200 square foot apartment.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you the first secret is my team of women who are unbelievable. If I had to do it by myself, it couldn't be done. But what we do is we figure out – We do the first thing we do is we work off a plan. I think it's always really important to to plan any big uh, change or any big move. And so we'll go in and we take measurements of that space and get a really good feel for how high the windows are, where the plugs are. And then once we have those measurements, we go back into our client's home and we sit with them and we try to get to know – them and their personalities because, you know, a lot of times you have a chair sitting in a room that is collecting papers. You, you don't even sit in it. It's not comfortable. And then and then there's a chair that is just your spot. It's your favorite place in your home. So the first thing that we do is we work around the things that are absolutely essential for them to keep so that their new home will feel like home. So we, we go from there and then we figure out what they absolutely have to take and then we work backwards. What can they easily say goodbye to? And then, um, and then having a, a realistic idea of the space really does help. For instance, you know, m- most often they're going to be downsizing a kitchen. Most often, they're going to be downsizing a bathroom. So we'll give them a a cabinet count and say, "Okay, you have this many shelves. What are we going to put there? We'll measure the closets out and we'll tape the closet off so they know what space we're working with. And then as we're going through their closet, you know, if you know you only have a finite space, you have to make decisions.
1: So basically... A large part of what you do is dealing with
0: measurements? I would not say that's a large part of what we do. I would say that we use those measurements to to guide us in our planning. But I would say probably the most important work that we do is helping people with the emotional aspect of, of sorting, because that's really important. I can't tell you how many times I go into a home where someone knows they need to make a move and they don't. They're either paralyzed by how much is involved or they don't want to shed their belongings. It's very overwhelming. And so for us, the emotional part of helping people make those decisions is and and, and really the handholding that goes on, I, I would say, is the most important thing that we do. For me personally, I actually, um, you mentioned uh, that I'm divorcing and I had, a, cl- I had well, a closet full, but I had a garage full of belongings and I had my team actually come over and help me and they were able to h- help me throw out some things or donate some things that I would have held on to if I hadn't had them there, really making that, um, that transition easier.
1: Okay. So that brings up a a new topic. What if I'm not ready to move? Okay, but I've got a lot of clutter. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with it and where to start. I mean, and I'm talking not just on a theoretical basis. Most of the time when I ask questions, it's theoretical. Mm -hmm. This is actually me. I'm standing in my studio and I have piles and piles of paper and just stuff. What do
0: I do? How do I get rid of that clutter? Okay, well we actually we have a an organizational system that we use and it's part of um when we work with a client we give them our how do you start to make decisions about what you keep and what you don't keep and then we have a labeling system. So what you could do if you you know you knew that there were absolutely things that you definitely wanted to keep, you would label them one color and then when you got to the things that you definitely knew you didn't want, those were those are very easy decisions to make. And then the ones in the middle are where we come in and we help you make those decisions. And then we help you figure out what's going to be the best way of getting rid of that. Sometimes it's donation. Sometimes it's going to be an estate sale. Sometimes it's going to be liquidation. And sometimes it's going to be a combination of all of the above. So we really go in and we look at you know what, the, what you have. Uh, we always tell people the absolute best thing that you can do is to to give the things that you don't want to loved ones, so that they can enjoy it. Um, but what we're finding is a lot of times that loved ones don't really want those things because the the younger generations tend to become more minimalists, and they don't want the things that they already have and all those other things. That's a huge challenge for us actually. And one of the things that we do when we go in and we do offer our free consultation is we tell our clients, you know, the two really important things off the bat. Number one is the good news is that we're living longer and longer. And the bad news is, is that the people who've lived so long have accumulated all of these things and we don't really have a buyer for those things. So hundreds of dollars for your Yadros and your Hummels, you're going to find them in goodwill now. People don't want them.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. That must be the worst part, knowing that you've spent... Okay, I'll give you an example. My husband and I have a painting. We like the painting, but if we ever move, there's no way we're going to be able to take it. Mm-hmm. And I think he spent $5,000 on this painting. I don't right. think that we're going to get $5,000 back from the painting. And
0: So that's a unique situation. And in, in a case like that, we would actually put you in touch with someone who does appraise art and could oh. sell that. And we will, you know, consign pieces of furniture. So not everything, you know, not everything. Some things really do hold their value. And what we do is we try to point our clients to the right resources so that they can get as much as possible. So that, you know, paintings may be treated a little differently. You know, obviously jewelry is treated a little bit differently. So, you know don't worry about the painting, Kathy.
1: Okay, well, that's a good, that's good. What about my 1950 something Coke machine (laughs) that I've been schlepping around with me since I was in my 20s? I'm not going to tell you how long that was, but you can take a wild guess.
0: Well, Kathy, you are someone who isn't afraid of technology, Mm -hmm. um, given that we're doing a podcast right now. So I would actually recommend that you go on eBay and, and look at the values for that because you're talking about one item and that that's easy to take care of. There are other apps that we can recommend to people, but that's a unique situation. But we're talking about, you know, when someone has a house full of things, and they're overwhelmed, you can't sell every item on eBay, but some items are are worthy of selling.
1: Okay, well, that makes total sense. Now, what about my 5 million photos? Huh. What do I do with those?
0: Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you asked that question. I don't even think I told you, but we actually have a photo scanning and duplication business. And because what often happens is we do go into a client's home and they are sitting on boxes and boxes of photos. And, you know, oftentimes people don't really have the time to to put them into albums and the patients. And actually we go in and we organize those photos and then we scan them in. We have a professional scanning um, system. And we will give them back to our clients on a flash drive so that they can be shared with, you know, family members. What that does is it creates space. But more importantly than that, I don't know if you know this, but photos actually have a life expectancy and you'll start to notice that those older photos are disintegrating and turning yellow. And if you don't um, scan them, you're, you're not going to be able to stop that disintegration. So at least if we scan them, we can, you know, stop them, and sometimes you can pay more and have them digitally retouched if you want to do that. And then, what's also nice about our scanning is that if we are able to get the the photo out of a book, when we do give it back to our client, it's got the front and the back because you're. I, I don't know about you, but I'm amazed how many times there are notes on the back of the picture, and they. It's really nice to have that information.
1: Absolutely, and I don't, uh, you know, one thing that you touched on, but you didn't really expand on it, is that more than one person gets to have a copy. When my grandmother died, my sister got all of the photos. I hardly have any photos of myself when I was little. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she, my niece posted a photo of us when we were young, and I'd never seen that photo before. So, you know, so to be able to share those photos with your siblings, you know, your children, your grandchildren, whatever in a digital format is Fantastic. So thank you for sharing that.
0: Yes. And we were um, putting them onto CDs, but you know we're finding now that most laptops don't even have CD players.
1: <laughs> right. Mine doesn't.
0: <laughs> right. And um, and the other thing that's great is creating those digital photo books, which are really easy to do. And then actually you can duplicate those. And a lot of times you can get a really good deal and you can make multiple books from the same photos and it doesn't really cost much more money. And then everybody has a copy of it. And we actually have women on our team who somebody wanted us to create a wall of photos. We have the the ability to enlarge them and put them onto mats and canvases and create a wall of memories. And then we also have people who can help do those digital scrapbooks for our clients. Oh, that
1: is awesome. So when you're moving into the smaller apartments, you can almost like wallpaper, kind of, right?
0: Yes. In fact, I did that in my own living room. I took a bunch of photos that I had through the years of my girls and blew them up at Costco and then put them onto canvases and my wall is is beautiful and it makes me feel good. And I, you know, met, photos are something that really tie us to all of our memories and in fact I would say also for clients who are downsizing and they can't keep everything, I we're happy to take pictures of those and create a book of the belongings that they you know didn't want to part with, and and that way they have a, the ability to hold on to them.
1: Wow, that's that's really incredible. Okay, so you're actually giving me some ideas for people who maybe have parents who aren't ready to move yet. But you're trying to slowly encourage them to get rid of some of their things so that you don't have to do it when the time comes. Right. So I could offer to maybe scan photographs if I have the time, which I don't, but I could offer that if I had some time or... You know, just consolidate things, right?
0: Yes, and you know that reminds me, Kathy, of another uh, story that sort of propelled me into this business. My grandmother died nine months after my grandfather did, but my grandmother's death was a medical mistake, and it was completely unexpected. And so, my family, you know, all came in. I was an only grandchild, so my uncle and my mom and my uh, my aunt came in, and we were now grieving and having to go through my grandmother's belongings to get. Her house ready to sell, and you know I was a realtor, and, and we sold the house. But, but you don't want to be going through those things when you're grieving, because what ended up happening is we were fighting over these belongings, and and I can tell you what I didn't get, because you know they say weddings and funerals bring out the worst in people. So that's one of the things that we all offer to our clients is we go in and we help them during that time to be supportive of each other and go through the belongings in a way that everybody's not going to be fighting over them.
1: Oh, what a great service. I didn't even think of that, but you're right. I remember when my grandfather died and my step-grandmother invited us to the house and she said, take anything you want. So we went through and picked a few items and, um, you know, it felt kind of weird, though, going mm-hmm. through the things, you know, so mm-hmm. that would would have been nice for somebody else to do that.
0: <laughs> you know? Right. You know, I have a funny story about that. I There was a lamp that my grandmother had purchased when I was four. And I always loved the lamp. And my grandmother used to jokingly say, Jamie, your name is going to be on the bottom. Well, guess what? When my grandmother died, they gave the lamp to my grandmother's favorite niece. was <laughs> like, I have an only grandchild and you're giving my lamp away. I have to tell you that about a year ago, my mother shipped that lamp to me and it's Aww. now on my on my bedside table. Um, so those things really do happen. And I think that the most important thing is to just to, to treat it like a draft. And to, you know, give everybody, you know, a first pick, second pick, third pick. And, you know, we go in and we can ship items if things need to be shipped. We can help them, you know, really, like I said, keep that stress down and, and being mindful of how that feels for them. Because I've been there and so have a lot of the women on my team.
1: Right. Okay. Well, you are giving me ideas. I mean, not all of my listeners live in San Diego, but some of the information that you're giving can be expanded to even just family members or friends or wherever somebody is, you know, if they're living in New Zealand or something, they can still take some of your information. So it's very, very good info. Thank you.
0: Sure. And, and I do want to say for your listeners who aren't in the San Diego area, I am a part of a national association. It's actually, we're starting to go outside of, of the U.S. I know we're in Canada and it is the National Association of Senior Move Managers and it's NASMM.org.
1: And I'll put that in the show notes. So that's in- NASMM.org. Uh-huh. M-M. Dot, Dot org. Okay. I'll make sure that gets in the show notes. So, you know, if you're driving or working out, walking your dog, just go to the, you know, show notes at com, and I'll have that listed for you. So you, you mentioned that website. Is that how people find you or how do you, how do people find you?
0: That is how a lot of people do find us. But I would say probably the biggest challenge of our industry is people don't even know that it exists, which is why I'm so grateful that you're including me on your podcast today. Because it's one of those things when I tell people what I do, they say, I wish I had known about you when we had to move my mother or I wish, you know, my grandmother. So people who are aware and have used the services will come back and use them again. I've heard the analogy that uh, we're kind of like, the cleaning ladies of, you know, 50 years ago, nobody ever (laughs) heard of or used cleaning ladies. And now, you know, pretty much everybody knows what a cleaning lady is if they haven't used one. That's sort of what we do. And and we're different than movers, which I want to really make sure that we get to touch on before the interview is over. I don't know if this is a good time for that. Yeah, perfect time. Okay. So the difference between us and a mover, and I've been professionally moved before, and the movers sort of use a ton of paper, and they dump everything into your space. And then if you get unpacked by them, they sort of just dump everything onto the countertops. And if you don't get unpacked, which I've never been unpacked by a mover, then you are going to be living in a sea of boxes and packing paper. I remember actually my garbage being packed without being taken out. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so when it got to me, I was emptying a, a bin of garbage. Um, so that is what disgusting. Do, it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, what we do is we are very mindful about the unpack. So when we are getting our clients packed, we've sorted prior to packing. We know you know exactly which cabinet everything is gonna go into. We're taking pictures of nightstands and coffee tables so that we can recreate those spaces if, if that is going to be what works for the client. So not only are we getting them packed and then unpacked, but we're also cleaning the items when we're um, packing them. We are organizing them in their linen closets and their pantries leaving them not only packed and unpacked and organized, but we also decorate. And a lot of movers, most movers, I don't think any movers will take the food from the refrigerator and we bring cooler bags the morning of the move and we bring the food and we put it back into the refrigerator. And when, you know, when we have a client and we ask them what their needs are, we can get their closets organized if they want us to do that so that it's really mindful so that they have all of their pants together and all of their tops together and all of their sweaters together. Or if they, you know, don't want us to take that extra time and they just want us to get in and get out, we can do that too. But I joke Tell people, I don't know if, if you've ever moved, Kathy, where you can't find your coffee pot, but <laughs> you need coffee the day after a move. Like, Absolutely. So we, I tell people, not only are you going to be able to find your coffee pot, but we're going to create a coffee station for you so that you have your mugs and your, your sugars and your teas and everything else in one place over the coffee pot. Which <laughs> <just makes sense. laughs> that is
1: awesome. Hey, you want to know a secret? What? So my husband and I moved into the house that we're in in 2008 okay and you know, my husband's an engineer so he like is fabulous with moving he'd done something that I had never seen done before and that yeah. is every single box had a number so let's say box number 20 he also had a running tally that was also electronic that told you exactly everything that was in that box and so I'm not unpacked yet I still have boxes in the garage with those numbers. And then if we, if, if you we had need...
0: hired us, Kathy, you would have been unpacked the day you moved.
1: No, but you don't. But just listen, when we need something that we haven't used in a long time, we go on the electronic document and we just search for it, I'll say, oh, where's my curling iron that I haven't used since 1927? Oh, it's in box 60.
0: So here's my (laughs) other question for you. Why are you holding on to things that you're not using? Exactly my
1: point. So Mm -hmm. see, obviously I need your service too, Jamie. I'm
0: so glad. Sounds like you do. But
1: you know, I have a new name for you.
0: What is that? So
1: I'm gonna rename you to Packer slash Organizer slash Therapist.
0: I think that's a, that's a good because there's a lot of therapy in what we do. <laughs> there really is. So Packer,
1: Organizer, Therapist. Let's see. We'll make that into a acronym PAT. Pot. I'm gonna call you Pot from now on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know in California if that's a very safe. Uh, <laughs> maybe Pot. How about that? Therapist, Organizer, Packer.
1: Yeah. Right. So we're the tops. Top. Yes, I'll call you Top from now on. (laughs)
0: Actually, because then we can add sorting. So we're Tops.
1: Tops, right. And sorting.
0: Organizers, packers, and sorters.
1: Absolutely. So that's your new name. That'll be your new nickname.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tell me how
1: you are able, I mean, it's obvious how you're able to help the people in the sandwich generation. And, you know i'm looking at what you do and i'm thinking my goodness if i could hire you when it's time for you know my mom or my dad to move into a smaller community then all I have to do is introduce you to mom and dad, you can go take care of it. And I'm not going to be stuck spending hours and hours and hours sorting through their stuff when they move.
0: You know what, not only that, Kathy, but I'm actually an only child. And I will tell you that I tried to go through my mom's belongings with her. And it led to a, a war. And so us going in as professionals who do this, for some reason, our senior clients will listen to us when they might not listen to their adult children. And hearing it from a different mouth sort of sounds differently for them. And so we're able to diffuse a lot of, of endless fighting or not endless, but you know, needless fighting because, because we're not personally involved. We're just really looking at What's going to fit?
1: Yeah, I totally get it. Like if one of my loved ones came and told me that I had to get rid of my Coke machine, I'd probably fight back or my boxes of stuff that I never use. But if you came and said, hey, Kathy, why do you have that, those 60 boxes in the garage? Mm -hmm. I'm going to think more that you said it than if my husband said it, because he says it to me every week.
0: (laughs) Right. You're going to take a defensive tone with him, and you're going to hear him in a different way than you're going to hear me say it.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that service. Yeah. What a great service that you offer. So you have obviously dealt with a lot of people who are retired. What is the one piece of advice that you would give to my listeners to have a great retirement? Oh, okay.
0: I would say spending more time focusing on the present, what you're able to do versus worrying about the future or fretting about the past. So today, you know, just about anybody, and that's one of the things we do with Silver Linings. You know what is it that you're able to do, rather than focusing on what you're not able to do. And then I also tell our, you know, our clients. And having had cancer gives me a perspective where I think that they maybe will listen to me in a way that they might not, because you know I'm I'm obviously not a senior, um, but I've I've had an opportunity to. to To look at my mortality. So let's focus on what is going to make you feel really good. What's something that you've never done that you've always wanted to try and, and, you know, make it happen.
1: That is awesome advice. Absolutely. Jamie, I am so glad that you came on the show. And also, I'm so glad that you prepared the freebie for my audience. And listeners, she made this great freebie. And you don't have to be downsizing, although most of us do when we move. It's called 10 Steps to Get Ready for a Move. And you can get it by going to rockyourretirement.com slash ready. So... Go ahead and head over to the website when you get a chance and download that freebie, even if you're not planning to move right now. Just having that information on your computer, you know, just save it. And then when you're going to move in the future, you'll have it. So, Jamie,
0: any other tips for our listeners? I would say that before you buy something or bring it into your home, you know, really contemplate because this was something that I I started to share and I didn't, but I can't tell you how many times we go into a home and people are living in a three-bedroom home that's really um, a museum to their belongings, but they're not really enjoying that space anymore. So there are two rooms that are just filled with stuff and and they're never gone into. So really, you know, be be mindful when you're even making a purchase. I always tell my kids, you know, spend your money on the experiences, not on the things. That's great advice. Thank you, Jamie. That's going to put me out of business. but (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I think there's plenty of business out there for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for coming on the show. This has been great
0: fun. Thank you, Kathy. We're we're friends personally. It's so nice to, to talk to you this way as well. Absolutely.
1: And for my listeners, Thanks again for listening to this episode of Rock Your Retirement, and we'll see you next week on Rock Your Retirement.
0: Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com.
1: was a guest. Uh, we we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to,